The Cat and Cloud Coffee Podcast is sponsored by Steeped Coffee. Steeped Coffee is a new brewing method that combines specialty craft coffee into a single serving bag. You don't need a machine. You don't have to make a mess. All you have to do is add hot water wherever you go. Each steep pack is individually sealed. It's nitrogen flush, so it stays fresh. And it's got this special full immersion filter. And the filter is ultrasonic sealed, which means it's sealed together with no glue or no staples. So there's no weird stuff floating around your coffee. Steeped is a benefit B Corp. They ethically source all their coffee. Their packaging is fully compostable and they believe that business should be done without compromise. You can get your hands on Steeped coffee packs at steepedcoffee.com. That's S-T-E-E-P-E-D coffee.com. Asking your local retail stores to start carrying Steeped or having your favorite roastery reach out and kind of get in touch. If you're in Santa Cruz, come on by any of the Cat and Cloud locations. We have it there for you. Basically, they're just doing their best to change the coffee industry, make your life more convenient with their pre-portioned, pre-ground innovation. So tell all your friends. I want to see the leaderboard and see who my bros are doing at the Crossford Crayons. Who's your favorite? What's that guy's name? Uh, Matt Frazier is my favorite because he's fucking crazy. Oh, fuck yeah. He got second place. Where's he from? Oh, damn, dude. He is from America. <laughs> he's from America. <laughs> But here's the thing. This is the first year that he actually somebody's giving him a run for his money. So like, oh, is he, he a former champion? There are. Th- oh, he's two time, two time. This will be his third. So he's in first place right now. But, Lucas Huberger. Yeah. So this guy from Sweden is like coming in hot. They had to do a marathon row. First of all, they had to row twenty six point two miles. Sounds terrible. Yeah, it looked like it was. And this fool got did really well, and so did this fool. So they're coming. They're bringing heat. So he's up by four points. Do you have to have a fucked up name to compete in the CrossFit Games? <laughs> Lucas Esslinger. Lucas Esslinger. Fikowski. Björk Patrick Vellner. These are all big. Adrian Mundewilder. Yeah, I don't know. They're pretty weird. But I'm, I'm glad because I wanted him. He was only up by two points. Now he's up by a bit more. Where's, where's your name in here? I'm just below you're just, uh, the cut. <laughs> I, just I keep barely on just made it. barely making the cut. <laughs> you're right below Roman Krakenov, who's yeah. got a score of zero. Roman Krakenov. Whatever that means. He probably didn't show up. Man, he has been not Or he's like an it. alternate? Yeah, I don't know what's up. He probably got... Oh, he got hurt. He's out. Oh, he got hurt. Yeah, he's out. He got hurt in the first steps, uh, first thingy. Anyway. Did get hurt, Roman? Good talk. It's done. I just wanted to see where the score... Because, uh, yeah. So, like, you just have to be the most consistent. And so far, so good. So far, he's killing it. He got second. That's awesome. What a beast. I was trying to figure out what was going on in the world of coffee. Right. I couldn't figure it out. Yeah, that's fair. But it's but, kind of, it's but totally I, fair. There's a lot going on out there. I did listen to... Oops. I did listen to Spreadcast yesterday. Nice. Good job. They talked about muffins for like a half hour and the caloric right load of muffins. Okay, but so that's important. What I did come across is this number. Have you seen this phone number before? One eight 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 five five Sprudge. I have not. Are we going to call it? I think we should call it right now. Okay, five five Sprudge. Do you think someone's going to answer? I don't know. Does it even tell you what it's about? Uh, no. Okay. I just thought. Are you Daniel G? Oh, like we have a hotline. Like this is awesome. So we're going to find out what happens when we call this hotline. We'll just see what happens. Great. This will be fun. Calling the Sprudge line. I kind of. Why feel like is it so do, many numbers? We could do a cranky anchor on them. Thank you for calling one eight 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 five five Sprudge. To leave us a hot tip, please press one. Oh. To leave us a message for the coffee Sprudge cast, please press two. Okay. For a question about accounting, please press three. We should ask a serious Thank accounting you. question. <laughs> Hello, you've called the coffee Sprudge cast hotline at one eight 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 five five Sprudge. After the beep. Leave us a question, a comment, sing us a song, anything you want, and we might run it on the show. Right on, I if got you. If you need to reach us directly for something else, email us at info at Thanks for calling, and have a good day. Love, loving you is easy because you're beautiful. Welcome to the Cat and Cloud Coffee Podcast. This is Jared Truby signing on with Chris Baca, the uh, old uh, school but uh, new school sort of guy. <laughs> 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 I feel like 
What does that I mean? I just feel like fucking around all the time <laughs> the right old now. old school and new school kind of guy. I'm in one of those movies. I got where I multiple just want schools. I that that actually is a really good statement though, because I just bought some throwback '90s See? skate gear. It's real. The '90s are back in skating. Although people are, people say that it's like the '90s are back, but what they're really referring to is the early 2000s. That's coming mm, back. They got it kind of twisted. They got it twisted a yeah, little yeah, bit. It's yeah. like late '90s. Totally. So old school, old school, new school, whatever. So what they're doing is they are just they're they're making this all freaking. They're they're what are they doing? They're labeling you. They're you can't fucking. Label. What they're doing is making money off me wow. and my playing with my emotions to get me to buy limited release things that I might not be able to get again. And I'm just an idiot. So. All the best companies do. I just keep buying stuff <laughs> like an idiot. What's up with that top line? It's doing pretty good because of the all, 90s. Mm, 90s are crushing the it. 90s in 2020, basically. The best part is I buy this shit. You can only get one pair, and you don't want to ruin them, so then you have shoes that you don't wear. It's <laughs> fucking brilliant. <laughs> I think a lot of people have that. I skipped the first release, though. I, just, I went with the second release. Oh, so you're like, prove it? Different colorway. I'm like, like come on. It? Let's see what happens. All right. I'm, I hope they just bring everything back. I don't know. So you all, I'm sure you all listened to the previous podcast, and if you haven't, go check it out, because they just got back from an epic, they meaning Chris and an awesome squad of human beings, went to St. Diago and killed it, and it was kind of amazing. They had a Minotti's After Dark experience, which I've never been to, but I'd like to go to someday, have a nice cocktail. Anytime you get to hang out nicely, it's a good time. So anyways, they did a great job. I heard it was awesome. If you hadn't heard, go check it out, because you get to hear from... Many voices of our team, which is kind of a really fun thing. You get you get a little bit of retail, you get a little bit of roasting, you get a little bit of wholesale, you get a little bit of marketing, you get a little bit of Chris. You get no Jer, but that's okay. I was doing my own thing. And just the slightest bit of Jen Swenson. Well, that's the roasting. She's right? not yeah, she's not really about the the microphone. Yeah, yeah. She's not a fan. Yeah, she's like, eh. But that's why you got to keep putting the camera in her face. She hates it. I got kind of turned out at Munati's After Dark. I misread the um, misread the menu. <laughs> so one of the drinks was is it's, it's called the Black Forty Seven. Yeah, A really creamy coffee drink. I can't remember what the alcohol is. It was probably some sort of like Bailey's ish thing. But what I read as the ingredient was. The answer, espresso bitters. And I was like, ooh, espresso bitters. That sounds fun. Plus, I was trying to double down on what's a coffee drink I can get that's not super caffeinated because it's like 10 p.m. (laughs) So I ordered that (laughs) and then nicely starts pulling a shot. And I was like, oh. And I like reread the menu and it was the answer, espresso, comma, Bitters, and I was like, "Ooh, that sounds intense." Here we go. <laughs> yeah, you're like, "Okay, ten o'clock, double shot." It was really good, though. But Guaranteed. You just, it's just, woohoo! For people like us who don't drink coffee that late anymore, <sighs> it's pretty heavy. I'm pretty adulty. Yeah, that sounds pretty real. So I should have got, which I did get later, the cascara. Did you finish it? Version. The drink? No. Because you knew better. I got like half in, and I was like, "Man, this is really good," but I can't even do it. Right. And even that one. Shot of espresso, like the single half the shot. Totally. It was just like, whew, yeah. Too much. Um, it's too much. It's too much. It's too, it was really good, though. It's it's hard to make a really good coffee cocktail, I feel like. I, I haven't had a ton of ones that I'm like, this is great. I think you share my passion. I was talking to Brittany, because I always watch cooking shows, but and then nicely and them do that after dark event. And I was like, man, I think one day we're going to have some form of like weird fine dining speakeasy cocktail coffee thing. Because I love the idea of walking through a shitty building into a, like a really pretty psycho space. That's it, happening. It right? made me want to do it so bad. Well, I was like, yeah. I was even about to jump the gun and be like, we need to do this next month. Just <laughs> even or just like as an event, just as an event to get started. Well, you but, know what? You can keep working on that because it's on Cheryl's plate to figure out how to do a like an uppers and downers sort of vibe, pimped out cocktail experience. Somewhere. I feel like it would be an amazing mixer, an amazing coffee event to just get people together and get them talking and not have there be there's no pressure anywhere you right. know what i mean it's not like there's a competition or there's a throwdown or like there's this huge energy ball which are cool in their own way but then you go to these events and you're just hyped and you don't really get to talk to that many people right. on a deep level which after dark was cool because it's just casual conversation right you know the alcohol gets people going yeah. they're hyped enough also it was friday night so people were like 
ready to go. Yeah, but they're not butt chugging, trying to go hard. Yeah, it's not like <laughs> frat frat boy status. Like, yeah, bro. Yeah, we're going for it. So, all right. So, how about this? If you feel like you've got that venue, you should email Chris or myself, and we could start talking about how to do this because we can get the equipment in there. All it would be after that is like making it like an invite sort of. You know, you know where it would go really hard at a rave at eleventh hour. <laughs> Yeah, 11th it's, hour would be sick. It's that perfect tucked away part of downtown to where it's off the beaten path of Pacific and right. Center or whatever. And they got a little outdoor space and the vibes like, like close it off a little bit. Yeah, it's kind That'd of, um, how do you say? It's like romantic over there. Mm, squid, romance. Squid Row. Romance on Squid Row. in the air. That's a cool idea. I was just, I don't know. It was just exciting to, to see something yeah. different and see the bar service. And he, how he ran, he ran it by himself. I saw that. Yeah. No bar back or anything. You just going for it. Which is like a, well, I guess there are bar backs in a bar, but at the same time, you could totally pull that off. It'd be fun. Yeah. It was, it looked really fun. So oh. we should do that. You and I could just run it. I feel like we would have a great time doing that. We just black out all the windows at Portola and just <laughs> have people come. Too bad you can't go outside, though. The outside vibe would be real nice. I feel like it's a, something that needs to happen. You talked to James about the. He said he talked to you about his coffee trailer yep. truck yep. thing at the air shows yep. or whatever. And it was funny because he talked to me about that. I saw him at Bantam. Long story short, for everybody listening, really awesome guy in town who makes these amazing sunglasses, real specialty stuff. So some he makes specifically for pilots, some he makes specifically for grow rooms. And then he's starting to make some. That, you know, I wouldn't really call them normal sunglasses because right. he showed me some weird prototypes. They do some crazy shit to <laughs> yeah. the light. Um, goes to these shows. Some of them are air shows. And he's like, people need coffee. And he's got a trailer. And he, he said, like, there's 100,000 people who go to them. Yeah. It's and a lot. It's all really, I don't know how to put this. I guess I'll just say the rich people. Yeah. <laughs> people, people with more money than us. People who own airplanes who yeah. have no qualms with partying with their money for neat stuff during yeah. the event. And that was fresh in my mind. He talked about coffee and he was talking about bartenders. And I was just like, who do you hire to do the bartending? Because I thought about us and I was like, how much would we fucking crush it if we just <laughs> so decided fun. to do the alcohol service too? So fun. We could run like a five drink prefix basic yep. menu of things. It's so your that basic the latte. The, it's your basic <laughs> pasta your latte. Basic Manhattan. Well, no, I'm just saying like we do coffee in the morning right. and, and then, then cocktails just straight at night. cocktails at oh, night. They so don't even fun. have to be coffee cocktails. We could just be the bartenders. That'd be so fun. And then, because I don't know how to be a bartender, but if we made, oh, we figured out. If we made five or six drinks that were on this set menu, right. we could crush that because we understand workflow yeah. and we wouldn't have to be figuring out everything on the fly. That'd be pretty fun. You get a recipe together and just start getting crazy. Make our own Black 47. We'd probably make a lot of money yeah. <laughs> and trust you we can we can use some money I'm trying to pay down that debt baby anybody want if you want to make it maybe we should have a hotline <clears throat> 1-800 pay down my debt 1-800 <laughs> give me some money <laughs> donate here oh. now please help 1-800 send help <laughs> <laughs> It's just one tier below nine one one. There's nine one one, which is a full blown emergency. Right. Then it's give Cat and Cloud money, and then you call the police. <laughs> Those are like the three. That's the three much the direct order you go in. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you feel unsafe, and then it's call the police. Then give us money right after for protecting. Yeah, you and if you're really scared, if it's life threatening, always always call nine one one. Yeah, and also carry pepper spray. Fuck yeah! I've never, I've never carried pepper spray, but I kind of feel like it'd be fun to just like blast somebody one day. <laughs> <laughs> I never thought about carrying pepper spray until my friend Adam, who drives Uber, right? He's like, "Oh yeah, I carry pepper spray." Just weird motherfuckers getting in my car all the time. I was like, <laughs> "Do you ever have to use it?" He said he hasn't had to use it, but he's definitely threatened people with it. I will pepper spray you. I'll spray your face. <laughs> You get out of my car right now, or I will spray you. Which seems like it works. And Adam's like, dude, he's like he's six tall. foot three. Yeah. He's like a big dude. And it's like, I can't imagine like this big dude just threatening you with pepper spray. <laughs> <laughs> I want you out now. I'm physically imposing in my own right, but I will pepper spray the shit out of you. <laughs> <laughs> Don't fuck with me. That's good, because physical violence is not the answer. No, that's, you don't want to punch true. somebody. Nobody wants to fight. Yeah, I, that's... That's true. <laughs> yeah. The best case scenario, which if I'm not mistaken, they teach this in a lot of the, the martial arts is like 
first way to go is like get away from the situation. Yeah. Your first line of defense is run. Just back it up. Get out of there. Back if it up. If you can leave, just mm-hmm. leave. And he can't leave his car. So he can't leave his car. Step, pepper spray. Activation. <laughs> Attack with voice. <laughs> Third leave option. Leave me now. Threaten. Go away. Yeah. <laughs> Fourth option. Spray. Fifth option. Spray then kick. <laughs> kick is pretty heavy. <laughs> I kick. Well, I'm thinking of kicking somebody out of your car, right? Oh, That's right. The only way to get it. You can't just push them. You're gonna need more. You need to, you know, engage the core. Really, just pump the, <laughs> pump that keister. I kicked a guy in the stomach one time. Did you I, feel terrible? I felt terrible. It was in seventh grade, and the kid. It was one of the only fights I'd really been in. Got to kick him in the stomach. I was playing basketball, and I was just shooting. And this kid is like, "Let me play with you, dog." And I was like, "Nah, I'm just, I'm just shooting." I don't so, want you to bro, play with me. Let me, let me play. Let me play. No. And, he was just really kind of a rascal. I wasn't feeling it. You're a real life rascal. And he took my basketball. Oh, bro. And That's the like, worst. Are you serious? This guy's taking my basketball. And I was so confused. And he walked away to another court. And I was just dumbfounded. And I didn't know what to do. Totally. So I sat there for a second. And I was just like, <clears throat> fuck this. So I went up to him, grabbed the basketball, and immediately kicked him right in the gut. <laughs> Super hard. <laughs> And he was all like I knocked the wind out of him and he just stand there for a second. And then he started to like stand back up and I was like, oh, shit. And I ran and he started chasing me. (laughs) (laughs) And then we got into a fight and we're just like throwing the lamest punches ever. (laughs) And then like we're done. And then everybody yelled like the principal's coming. Yeah. So we just kind of walked away. You know, nothing happened. And then I was scared for a week after because I was like, he's going to get me. Guess what's even worse? (laughs) I got my ball stolen from me as an adult. <laughs> That's a terrible feeling. And I did not know what to do. Was it at the gym? Uh-huh. Happens. I did. It was gnarly. And I had the good ball and everybody wanted to use it. And these Like the Wilson Jet, like actual like oh, yeah, indoor nice ball. Oh, yeah. yeah. It was, Jeez. It was one of the, no, it was a top fight, TF-1000. Oh, yeah. Best ball of all Those time. Those are expensive balls. Uh, yeah. And I was, and this squad came in who doesn't work out there all the time and they were super bummed because I was better than they wanted me to be in my team. And then they started getting mad during the game. And one actually like just literally ran through me and shoved me to the ground. And it was like, cool. And we kept playing. And at the end, he just literally took my ball, him and his three pals. And everybody in the gym was like, knew it was my ball and nobody would stick up for me. No. And then he's all come to the front desk right now. It's my ball. I brought it in. They got cameras and just like kept on going off. I was like, I was so pissed, and I was like, cool, I'm not going to fight anybody here, so I guess I just lost a ball. It's a real-life Friday Debo moment. It's straight it's like, up. That's it's my bike, punk. punk. It was so bad, and I was like, cool. That I is, don't even know what to do with myself except for be so pissed off. That happens a lot. Yeah. It's happened to me a couple times. I've never actually had it taken, but people will just grab your ball and How my start, on start walking away with it and start putting it in their bag, and it happened to me at the gym, and I was like, hey, and they're like, what? And I was like, dude, that's my ball. And this guy tried to play it off like, oh, yeah, 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 I'm just messing with you. The same thing happened to me in Little League. Someone took my bat. <laughs> it's my, like, that's my, my, my TPX. That's my slugger. It was like when TPX was the hot, yeah. it was like black with the turquoise. And some dude just took Boys. it into their dugout. And I was just like, hey, that's my bat. He's like, no, it's not. And I was like, what? You're all, and, but it is. And then I had, I had homie back and this dude, Eric, who was actually younger than me, but way bigger than me. He looked like a grown-ass man when we were, like, 12. And he's like, you better give that fucking thing back right now. <laughs> Dude gave <laughs> it to him. All right. That's chill. That was it's a fun. strong attack. Yeah. Dude, What's up with people stealing shit? I hate it. I don't know. Especially when they do it, like, right in front of it's you. It's so intense. He literally ripped the ball out of my hands because he was so pissed that we won the game. And then he's all, yeah, anyway. I don't like situations like, well, for many reasons, <laughs> but, think, yeah. What it kind of boils down to is whoever is willing to be the most violent and aggressive is going to win that situation. Yeah, isn't that gnarly and it, terrible? It's fucking nuts. Because yeah. if he wants your ball, he's he's ready to go. Like, yeah, he knows. And he knows that he's, he's like, I'll like, throw this down. This guy's not going to fight me. Yeah, if, if he knows you're not going to fight him, right. it's his ball no matter what. And Pretty then much. you're like, I don't want to fight somebody. Because nah. that has like so many more implications. Like All of them. You can just go down the list. Yeah, which... I'm also like, it's literally in front of like everybody exercising. It's like a glass wall. They're all watching us. The other thing is, he's got two homies with him. There's three guys. Yeah. 
No one in the gym has your back. No, they if were, you do all my engage, friends, but nobody would. Right, and you're immediately in a three on one. Yeah, which there is, were some other details involved. It's bad like, news. This is a little bit too weird to talk about and, and like engage with. So we were not going to do it. I, <laughs> it, was, it was gnarly, and I was like, "Cool, well, I lost my ball. I'm fine." But I'm super bummed because I'm a poor kid with a nice basketball, and this is all I do. <laughs> Those balls were... That's like the holy grail of the balls. It was. It they're, was the holy grail. really nice. Sticky. The indoor use oh, ball, so and it's sick. like you can palm it so easy. Oh, so it's sick. got that. Everybody like, wanted to use it. Mm. It bounced well. feels the channels are perfect. It's hard, too, because when you go to the gym and you have a ball like that, they all want to use your ball for the game, even if you're not playing in oh, that yeah. game, even if you got next. So it's really easy for someone to jack the ball. Yeah. And everybody there was cool there. until the squad, and then nobody wanted to stand up to the squad. And I was like, well, we're not going to have a huge brawl here. It's so. such an interesting thing to feel like no one has your back. I remember I was across the street walking down the road, and someone yelled something at me. I was skating with my friend, and... Someone yelled something at us, so I yelled something back, and then all of a sudden these six dudes come across the street, start chasing us, and we stop at this corner. Yeah. And I was like, dude, what's up? And then they all pulled knives on us, and I was like, sick. <laughs> this is awesome. You know, why do you have knives? Uh, cool. And the dude wanted my wallet, and I was like, fuck. And I was waiting for him to ask for my friend's wallet, and I turned around, and my friend ran across the street. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm on the corner alone with these guys. You all guess what? I'm about to skateboard out of here so fast. I'm all, uh, I was like, motherfucker, dude. Did you give me your wallet? I gave my wallet. Yeah. And I went across the street. Like They're like, get the fuck out of here. So I just like walked backwards across the street because right. I didn't want to turn around. Get shivved in the back. They looked in the wallet, didn't have anything. They yelled some more shit at me and threw it back at me because yeah. I didn't have any money. And then I cool, man. basically ran as fast as I could. Yeah, then you're... That's pretty much what you do. And then I was like super bummed on the situation. And then I was pretty bummed on my friend. I'm like, bro, you didn't have to run across the street. <laughs> you could have just like, <laughs> you could have just stayed there. You could have like told me. You could have <laughs> just, we're going to leave in three. We're going to one. break. <laughs> <laughs> Can't stop me. CrossFit. <laughs> Don't pick on people, everybody. Stupid it's assholes. so bad. Stop it. So lame. It's just <clears throat> not, it's not chill. So, yeah, that was cool. That was fun. <laughs> we, being, get there? Physical violence is not the end. Oh. I guess just, I don't know. Giving us money, I think. is <laughs> giving, <laughs> giving us money is so how we get to. So we're not trying to rob you. We're asking times, nicely. Times when we've, we've been accosted. And it's really, really scary. Oh, yeah, for sure. That's not chill. That's the worst. <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, Should we just keep going on that? <laughs> being scared. Being scared? I mean, I feel like story... I don't know if I've been accosted a story ton of time. more times. This more, and, and Chico was like... It was always pretty peed. I mean, there was stuff happening, but like around me, I never had anything crazy. There, we were in uh, San Diego. It was my friend Gabe, myself, and Josh. And we went on a skate trip. I was probably like 20... Probably 19 or 20. Yeah. Went to San Diego... Skating a school, it's like this really famous school that everybody skates, so we're skating there. This dude walks by where we're skating, this black dude, and I'm like, what's up? And he walks by, because like my dad says hi to everybody, so now I have this yeah. thing where I fucking say I hi said to hi everybody. To like, too. Yep. It's kind of annoying. Um, <clears throat> that was a culture where I he, grew up. Everybody he, said hi. He kept walking. 20 minutes later, he starts walking back. And he's walking right at me, so I, like, take one step to, like, move out of the way, and I'm yeah. kind of looking down at my skateboard. And then I looked up, and he was right in front of me again, and then he fucking punches me in the face, Whoa. like, right in the jaw, full force. And I was... If you've never been punched in the face, and you it's didn't know it was coming, dude, that shit hurts, and it is a surprise. Yeah. And I was like, what the fuck, dude? And he thought I dropped an N-bomb on him. Oh, really? When I said, what's up? Yeah. He's like, you said... And I was like, I did not. Fuck no. But... Whoa. And I was like, fuck that. Right. No way, bro. And he just kind of yelled at me for a minute, and I was just trying to talk him down. Yeah. And he ultimately just kind of walked off. Right. Because, I mean, in that case, a fight would have been a bad situation. 
Totally, and there was no. It, it there's was no already, reason to fight, and it's just like he'd but, been steaming too for like 20 minutes, thinking you'd said some stuff. Heck yeah, he yeah. was so mad the whole time, and then I was tripped out because I was like, "Damn, I just got punched in the face for something I didn't say." Right. And now when I look at it, I'm like, "Damn, like, how much of a bummer is it that whatever's happened or whatever social situations are going on that that person hears that because they probably heard it before." Oh, for sure. You know. Yeah. And yeah. that's almost like a response and in that in that sense i'm like dude that is such a bummer well yeah because then that poor dude probably like walked off feeling like shit and then like came to the sense he's like wait a second hell no I'm yeah not gonna let somebody just call me that yeah and like so it's it's like so aside from literally getting punched in the face like i don't think you can justify punching somebody in the face but like you can totally justify all that anger and he's like not wrong totally <laughs> at all yeah and that sucks so hard you're just misunderstood and just punched so hard in the face I think that was maybe one of the first things that happened to me to where I became aware of, like, really aware of different people's social situations. Right. I was like, damn, I just got fucking punched in the face because of a racist thing that didn't really happen. Yeah. But but that's very there's real. There's something in the air. You know that's what I mean? So disgustingly rough. Dude. Yeah, that was gnarly. There's so that's, that's more violence for you, everybody? Violence is just out there. That one, uh, just like the mistaken, like word. It's it's <laughs> in Chico. All the guys who do cha or whatever they put the you know the oh yeah when I grew up whatever mm-hmm. to, chewing tobacco. They'd say taking a digger with a D. Oh yeah, you know. And so so often, and so that's like the word that everybody said. And I once. <laughs> I was downtown, and so we had some chewing tobacco. I was like, oh, you're taking a, a digger. And then a lot of people, like, turned and looked at me, and I was like, oh, no. Sweet. Like a cha, like when you put tobacco you're in, like, like trying to play it so line. cool. Like, yeah, well, you know, like taking a, a duh, like, over the top. I was like, shit, man. You're not allowed to say even, and it's not even allowed. It's just like, man, that's a so gnarly. <laughs> so gnarly. Jose was downtown. He's like, what? What'd you say? And I was like, it's like tobacco, chewing tobacco, right? And he's like, oh, I thought you said. And I was like, why would I say that in the context of chewing tobacco? <laughs> but yeah, I'm so gnarly. It's like almost depressing on both ends. The epidemic where, is disgusting. It is really. I also get, I was, I also remember being so mad because I was like, I would never, for some reason it mattered that someone was judging me and I didn't like that, you know? Yeah, I mean it's we're we're the white guys, so it's like we it, totally. It's like and it wasn't even it wasn't even necessarily that. It was it's just like I I I don't know. I feel like when people make judgments on my character, right. I felt like so like this dude that I didn't know was making a judgment on my character, and I know now that it had absolutely nothing to do with me. Totally. So this is just totally selfish to me thinking about it like this. But I was like. Man, I feel super bummed, and I was like, "How, how do I show everyone that I'm a good person?" But there isn't a way to do that, and it's just through what I through your actions, and I don't totally. know. I'm like ranting on something that's just like this is one of those moments that I remember all the time. Like it happened just yesterday because it was so powerful. Probably because I got punched in the face. Well, there is that mix because it's like when your character gets called into play and it's misinterpreted for what you mean. Sometimes you can't you can't ever explain away from it, so it doesn't matter, which sucks because there is a lot of stuff that, whatever, we won't ever understand as white dudes. But then on top of that, even if we try to understand, sometimes it's not it's our it's our it's our place to try to understand, but it's our place to not necessarily be able to question the same way. It's really hard, right? Finding that finding that balance of just like you just have to find the right safe person who's willing to understand that you, you don't know everything and be able to ask them questions about stuff like that. Cause it's totally true. You're like, it's crazy. And we're not even talking about just all the, there's so many details and shades of depending on who you're talking to, like what offends them. And Oh yeah. You know, and like what means what, but when your character is called into play, it's so hard. Cause when you try and try and try, first of all, nobody's perfect. So I think just the ability to be, Critical is out there for everybody. If you really wanted to be critical and you're pretty smart about connecting dots, you could probably rip any human being apart for being inconsistent. But that's not what we want. Like what you and I want to do for sure. That's obviously like a thing. But I think some people do kind of find value in being really critical towards other people. And it 
I was, you know, yeah, I was listening to a podcast. Do you remember Loveline? Oh yeah, dude, Adam Dr. Carolla Drew and Adam Carolla. Yeah. So the podcast that I listened to, the guy that runs it does a podcast or is a guest on their podcast that they still do. But he had both of them on the show as guests independently, and Dr. Drew was talking about how many times he's had to go through like lawsuits in litigation just because because he's such a public figure and because there's these really intense rules that apply to the medical community that he's just prime time out there for people to jump on anything and everything he says. And he's like, people don't care about the facts. People are not caring about what happened, what's good or bad. Anyone can wreck you at any time. Yep. And that's the power of the media and it's super scary and he was saying it makes me want to quit doing everything that I'm doing and just go back to doing my practice full time because he still does his practice right physical practice part time like a couple days a week it's a motivator for him to just shut off and go back and just be a normal normal doctor yeah. out of out of the public eye because he's just served up on a silver platter for anybody who and people all the times when this has happened to him, people are saying things that didn't even actually happen. Right. They're either spinning his words or making like some implications off of words he said, yep. connecting dots that aren't even there. That's the hardest part for me. And it's like a re- it's a really scary place to be. And like how you saying, people are just trying to tear him down. Yeah, which sucks. Which I think is why it's like why I love where we're at because. We talk about this in training. It's super easy to point out problems. It's super easy to point right. out everything that's wrong. It's super easy to talk shit. But it takes a different level of awareness to actively participate, engage with people, and focus on making something better. Yep. And that's that's applies to not just, you know, situations where maybe people are talking shit to you on the interwebs or whatever. No, it's everything. But in just growing someone at your business, making totally. someone like the best fucking person that they can be yeah like it's just, just decision making and understanding that they're trying to do the right thing first before you assume that what they said or did had malice or even or even just like Ill, any ill intent whatsoever and i'm a i'm a fucking offender <laughs> you know <laughs> totally. what i mean like for sure yeah. uh, less so now more than in the past but i got my own super sweet deck of insecurities that's totally. a, that's that a real cool? that's a real thing. Yeah, it sucks. That yeah. has over time affected how I see people and sometimes made me skew more towards the negative right. because I'm trying to protect myself for whatever reason. Sometimes it's subconscious. Once something shitty happens to you when you're young, that stuff will fire before you even like know. Oh, that's why I'm saying now I'm just becoming more aware of right. like what the fuck am I doing? Because sometimes I'll do shit and I'm like, I don't even want to be that person. What the hell's going on? Yep. And, and then all of a sudden you're like, oh. Only recently I've been like, oh, this is a, defec- a defense mechanism that's just yeah. running in the background of all of my programming. It's kind of a trip. So like I'm, I'm seeing a therapist lady and we've done some EMDR and it's just like going, EMDR is, uh, for those who don't know, Break you basically, down. you basically, it's, it's bilateral stimulation and there's, basically the idea is that your brain can, take you back to the origin of things that happen and you can kind of be in that moment and then it allows your brain kind of to scramble up and process as if you're in that moment again. And it doesn't work for everybody, but it works for the vast majority of the population and it's pretty crazy. But what will happen is through that process, it'll, you'll do like 45 minutes to an hour of just like these vibrators going back and forth and then the therapist asking you questions and then asking you where you're feeling things in your body and what you're feeling and so on and so forth. But you, what will happen, you'll get back to these places and you'll be like, oh, so this thing affected me in this way. And then afterwards you do this little debrief and it'll be like, so sometimes when you feel these things kick in, it most likely comes from this time. And it'd probably be fair to say that that's influenced you in a way where maybe prior to this moment where you've figured it out, you haven't known why these feelings come up. But when somebody does something like this or this, you're just in this zone and you'll have no idea why. And all of a sudden you'll have like heart rate and defense and so on and so forth. And you need to protect yourself. It's so gnarly. And 
I think a lot of our world has that. And unless you're able to talk through things with people and get back to origins, you're not ever, if you've never processed it, whether it's grieving or whether it's just like even just whatever you're processing needs to be over that stuff, it's kind of gnarly. Because the body's first line of defense is to just shut the whole thing down because Lizard it is brain. difficult to deal with. Like yeah. your brain is like, I don't want to deal with this. Yeah. I'm just going to fucking put it away. Totally. In some... Well, and it's a protective mechanism when you're a kid. Yeah. It's supposed to happen. Totally. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. If, it, if it never gets unpacked, or from what I'm reading and discovering, no, right. if these things never get unpacked... It's who you are. Depending on the severity, like you, there have so many negative yep. implications and just the awareness... Same thing. It's just like through doing, like prepping through that little why discovery thing, mm-hmm. which I don't know if we talked about this on the podcast, but most people are familiar with Simon Sinek's Start With Why. The Golden Circle, if not, we'll put a link down below. Check it out. It'll probably great change book. everything great for books, you. Yeah. Um, but then there's another book that accompanies it, that, which details a why discovery, which is a process for how you find your why. And in a nutshell, you're basically taking huge influential or like big impactful moments from your life and then unpacking those with a partner and your partner's job is to kind of dig deeper and get behind the meaning of some of those other things. And I haven't done it yet, but I facilitated one last week. So cool. And it was amazing to see you have the, and I'm waiting for this to happen to me this week, but you have the base story that this is the thing that the person thinks they're going to talk about. Like this was a moment where I'm at my best or a moment that I did this, that, or whatever. Right. And through the process of being a really good active listener, asking specific questions and digging deeper, that unravels like a whole string of things that that person wasn't originally thinking about layers of stories that are uncovered, which are arguably more important than the one that they thought was the most important. Totally. And watching them realize that in the moment and being like, Oh my God. Right. What the fuck? Or seeing like the connectivity behind some things. It's like, it's kind of incredible to watch in real time. So I was just like, wow. And it's just, I don't know. It's kind of scrambling my brain a little bit. Yeah, you're all because I'm going to do that. <laughs> it's pretty scary, but I I like it, and I I'm enjoying the process of kind of gathering stories. And it's it even just that without the questions is making me remember things that I totally packed away. Right. Probably for protection's sake. The, the, most likely, in some way, shape, or form, it's all protection. It's all making sure. I mean, and then you're not even including like the way. Gosh. You know, like, for instance, when I was growing up, I didn't have teachers or mentors. So, like, my family is poor, so on and so forth. So, I essentially had to kind of teach myself by watching and learning. And so, what happens then is that you become defensive because you are always trying your best to be the best. And your intention is to be awesome and get along with people and to not be, like, a whatever, like the not smart kid or whatever in school. And so you're like, cool, I'm just going to teach myself. I'm going to go as hard as I can. And then when people call you out for not being as good as them or whatever, not good enough, you're like, well, what the fuck, dude? Nobody's teaching me anything. I'm doing my best right now. And now you're, and then on top of that, then they're like, oh, so cool. So now you're defensive and you're not smart. And you're like, fuck, dude, I just, and then, so anyways, that's like a thing that happened to me growing up. And, and it's a big part of, something that just happens sometimes where you're just like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like I'm, I've covered every base I know of and now you're adding another thing. And like, I literally don't know how to do any better for myself. Exactly. And now and I you're know making you're me feel me bad. not good enough. Yeah, <laughs> totally. And it, it can't be more personal than that. But a lot of people don't realize that they're like, well, everybody knows this and you're all, but I don't you're all except for me. Yeah. But I don't. <laughs> so what, and, and then you're, questioning my character based on something like that. And that's when it starts getting gnarly. And I think a lot of people experience that. Yeah, it's it's interesting how much we can assume that people are plugged into the world that we're plugged into. Yeah, totally. Because even with all of the social platforms and every, I mean, let's be real, people are looking at the shit that resonates with them. You know what I mean? If every you, time. If you fire up my... Instagram, it's like a lot of skateboarding. There's coffee. It, you know, it's stuff that I jive with. So even though everybody's world's out there, like there's a lot about a lot of other people's worlds that I have no clue about. And right. every time 
most times, not every time, but I assume people understand what's going on in my world or like the social norms of my world. They really don't. Yeah. It's so obvious to me, but people are so far removed from it. Yeah. It's a really interesting phenomenon. It sure is. Which is why I'm for conversation. I'm for understanding. I'm for, I'm, I guess really I'm for assuming the best of people before right. passing judgment, especially if you have some sort of prior understanding of said person's character. So I guess last, yeah, yeah. So last part that would be probably interesting to try to go into because we're at like 40 minutes. How do you approach that with people who are overtly judgmental and like the kind of social justice warrior who isn't, doesn't come across very gracious and it's not like they're supposed to, right? I'm not trying to judge that per se, but the ones who are just like overtly in your face, intense, like no matter what, I'm going to find the negative and they don't approach anything with like the, here's trying to understand, you know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Like how, how does your mind work with that? I have a really hard time with it. That's why I'm asking. And I don't, I don't, I don't know. know how to d- approach it. I think we would have to ask someone who's in that zone. Like who actually brings that kind of heat? Yeah. And I've gone in pockets of that. And I like with different with different things. So, yeah. For example, if I'm going to put myself on the on the burner. Cool. When I was in college, history major. My focus was Latin American studies. And what I was really, really interested in was like U.S. imperialism in Latin America. Mm -hmm. I just thought it was so interesting. But through studying all of that and seeing all of kind of like the negative shit that was going on in there. Right. I turned into kind of one of these social justice warriors. Right. in, in In its own little format. And... At that point in time, there was like no breaking through to me. I was I was right and you were wrong because I had this information and these people had wrong done to them on our behalf and everything was fucked and you don't care and that's it. And that huh. was my mindset. I can't right. like I said I can't speak for anybody else's, but right. I honestly think for me it was time time passing, right? Gaining more perspective for sure. Um understanding more people, just understanding people on a little bit different level. Right. Because part of that is my personality too, to where I can be really, really hot and cold. And if I believe in something, I'm all about it. Right. And in the past, what that led me to do is to shut down anything else that doesn't seem like it immediately lines up with that. Gotcha. Yeah. To where I'm like, I'm about this, everything else, fuck off. And that happened even with things that I love. So it like happened in skateboarding back in the day to where it's like, there's all these different styles of people who skate, you know, there's people who are, you know, back in the day they'd call it, dude, are you fresh or are you hesh? And like the (laughs) fresh dudes are like the dudes like me, you know, like baggy clothes, like crispy shit. And then the hesh dudes were skating pools and slashing it up and had like ripped jeans and they were just fucking gnarly. And like these guys just rippers. And there were dudes like around town that were like that still. And like, I was just like, dude, those guys fucking suck. Like, I wasn't about them. Right. I, I was just like, dude, I was like, that guy's cool, but like, why is he dressed like that? His style looks fucking whack. He would look way sicker <laughs> if he wore baggier pants. Like, what the fuck are you doing? And now I, that was just dumb. That right, was like, right. what that was was probably me being a kid and me being insecure about myself and my own skateboarding and how right. I fit into the, my trying own, to find your tribe, trying to fit into my own community. Right. So what did I do? I made fun of people who were different and they were part of my fucking click you know right. what i mean these are people that are you like, like sub clicked yeah i sub clicked down and that's fucking whack and now i i appreciate i'm where i should have been the whole time which right. is like i appreciate all these different cultures and all these different styles which is that's one of the coolest things about skateboarding is that there are no walls there's no like socioeconomic barriers into it you've got like right. all kinds of different people from all kinds of different backgrounds doing all kinds of different things and I fucking love that. And that's right. That's why I was there in the first place. But I was so fucked up that I was talking shit mm-hmm. just because I don't fucking know. Right. I don't know if that's an answer or no, not. That's, that's an approach, but- though. I mean, it's a good approach because, I mean, I, I think that probably our love of coffee slash culinary slash the things that we like are actually all, a lot of us, honestly, based on diversity. So, like, I love food and cooking because it, 
it connects people the same way all over the world. And it's cool. I like to watch that. I don't get to experience it a ton. But when it happens, it's the coolest thing ever. When yeah. we go, every time we go to Origin, right? You go somewhere and someone cooks you a meal. And when I say Origin, for everybody who maybe doesn't know, that means, you know, coffee-growing regions. But you sit down and you have that special meal. Or we go see Maria in, um, in Guatemala and go to her house and have the coffee <laughs> deal. And it's like, that's big-time connection. It's super cool and it's important. And so, I don't know. I think it's the same thing in coffee, whereas, like, a lot of times we look at coffee, and it's right to look at coffee in the context of the U.S., but we often, like, I guess sub-click out a lot, even in the U.S., considering it's a global thing where everybody's contributing, not just our little barista U.S. community. Right. I, but anyway, I, I and mean, that's what we know, though. So it's That's fair. what we know, and yeah. it's totally fine for us to be responsible for that and to look at it from that point of view. Responsible. And, and knowing that there's good people elsewhere who are handling their community. Yeah. You know what I mean? For sure. But yeah, I don't know. Cool. And I think there is some sort of anytime you have a movement, whatever it is, whether it's a social movement or any movement in general. Right. Bowel. I, I'm just kidding. Bowel movement. <laughs> I think there is value in some kind of shock factor to get the movement going. So generating yeah. generating some sort of intense energy ar- around a movement, and that could that could be whatever, you know yeah. what I mean? I I get that, and mm-hmm. I get that like vibe of you gotta get attention, making people uncomfortable to draw attention to yeah, something. Got to. But I think after that phase, that'll take you to a certain level. But then there's like this: what got you here won't get you there. I think you need to switch the focus to where it's like, cool, I have your attention. Now let's look at understanding each other. Now we can have some like real deep conversations about whatever it is right. you're you're trying to do. I don't fucking know. Totally. Um so like I think you have to transition through these phases to like to make the movement work because for movements to work there has to be understanding on on multiple sides. And we've seen this, we've seen this in the past, and we've seen this, you know, with the. If you rewind and, I don't know, take like a someone who's like Martin Luther King Jr. Mm-hmm. and take someone who's like Malcolm X, who both have their awesome place in history. Malcolm X had this huge shock factor. He's just like, I don't give a fuck what you think. Right. You know, we're going hard at this one. Mm-hmm. MLK is understanding, arguably, I'm not trying to take anything away from Malcolm X, but he's understanding like a bigger chunk of the picture to where mm-hmm. he's like, if I make this movement just about myself and my people, it's not going to do what I need the movement to do. Right. It's I need picture. to get everyone involved in this movement because it has to be a national thing. Yeah. And it can't just live in these little pockets. And I mean, he had amazing success right. with that, appealing with to all kinds of people. It connected mm-hmm. to all kinds of people. He's mm-hmm. not going to be like, I'm not listening to you because you're this. Right. You know? Totally. If you're not down, like, you know? Totally. It, that totally It's makes just sense. a more broad scope. And that is, that's like a huge, obviously, he's an inspirational character to a lot of people. Oh, yeah, he's amazing. But, but that, I think that mindset is pretty inspirational to me especially coming from a place where I used to be a really big, like how I just talked about, mm. I would exclude people, not even really understand why. Right. The whole time it wasn't even really making me feel good, but I just felt like that was the only way that I could have shine was to put someone else down. Yeah. And that shit is fucking bullshit. I hate it. it Dude, I was trying to, yeah, I was, I'm like remembering back. Were you excluded when you were a kid? For sure. I think I was always, I was like actually never the cool kid. I was never the cool kid. I had to I play kn- sports to be cool. That, the skateboarding saved my life. Like yeah. if I didn't play like basketball in junior high, high school, and I, if I didn't skateboard, I would not have been. And even then I didn't really fit in. Like, you know what I mean? We yeah. would, I would never hang out with the dudes from the team after the fact. I was always just this weird, like, I don't know. I was kind of yeah. wandering around on my own shit and I was just not I had a really hard time making friends. Sports in, made me cool. So in grade school and high school, I it was really tough yeah. for me. And those activities, skateboarding more than anything, gave me a place where I felt like I could be yeah. safe. Totally. 
That's crazy. And even then, it was with a small group of people because it was like skating back then wasn't what it is now. Right. There's just like a handful of you and you're basically a fucking reject. Yeah. Anyway. Which yeah. is part of the fun because you do it because you don't fit in anywhere else or But when you're young that's not exactly It's hard to deal yeah. with. Yeah, yeah, totally. Especially in the in the Central Valley, it's like I don't know. Like our school was really kinda oaky. There's like it was known Shoot as like the guns, the, ride the things, big super trucks. preppy or yeah. like big rich oh, cowboy yeah. farmer kind of people. Totally. And it was just we were we were the odd people out for sure. So Which, what's the moral of the story? I don't know, man. I just like I honestly think for me and the journey that I've been on is just not discounting people because they don't jive with what I'm into Mm -hmm. and realizing that if they're not into what I'm into, it doesn't mean that they have to hate what I'm into and I don't have to hate what they're not into. Right. And that I'm at a place more to where I want to understand more about people Mm -hmm. more than ever before and can totally accept when people are different. And that's fucking awesome. Yeah. Like you have a different view on the world. Sick. Right. Down. I don't hate you because of it. I don't need to tell you that you're wrong or you're right. Let's have a conversation. Let's not get mad. And that goes from anything like super serious topics or like really, really casual topics yeah i don't fucking pull shots that are above 43 grams because that's fucking bullshit and there's no coffee that should be pulled fucking 43 grams or david Schomer is a fucking piece of shit because <laughs> right. i went to vivace and he's supposedly the godfather of espresso but i went there and his shots like 15 grams and they don't even use a scale or whatever like that's fucking whack it's like no that's right. just his style that's what he's doing right. he's doing his thing he's not doing it to shut you down He's yeah, just, you're invited to the table. You're still. invited to the table, yeah. and maybe you can learn something, yeah. and maybe you can just appreciate it for what it is, and totally. be like, "That's a beautiful thing," or just yeah, or just go eat somewhere else, or just and yeah, be okay <laughs> with it. <laughs> just go eat somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> that table ain't. I'm not eating your here favorite anymore. table, dude. So no. yeah, maybe you don't go to Taco Bell anymore. Maybe you go somewhere else. He, I'm not comparing Shomer to Taco Bell either. I'm just saying food, <laughs> different foods. Okay, so shut up, everybody. Don't judge me. That's what's going to happen. It's going to be on Twitter. It's like, Truby equates Shomer to fast food. (laughs) They're like, great. (laughs) He's the fast food of Tell me what I think in my brain for me. (laughs) Thank you. Thanks for taking this journey down all of our insecurities. Remember, we all um, are. Even the people you think are hard times. I'm a little little shaky right now, honestly. I'm hungry. I feel like, oh, yeah, I might be hungry. Did you really just kick into the nerve set? (sighs) I kind of did. Central nervoso system. That's fair. Yeah. I'm in fight or flight for sure. (laughs) I'm going to freeze. You're safe. You're safe. You're safe. safe. Freeze. No, dude. Option D, pass out. Pass out. (laughs) Boom. That's an option. That is. That's D. Too much torture and you pass out. Hope you all enjoy the Cat and Cloud podcast. Shit got rail. Goodbye. The Cat and Cloud Coffee Podcast is brought to you by Wilbur Curtis. They make coffee brewers. Ever heard of them? If you haven't, you should. They're an awesome family-owned company. They're here in California. They power their facility with solar power, which I hear that's like a new hot thing that progressive people do. The best thing about Curtis, in my humble opinion, is the turnaround time on the brewers. They have a 24-hour turnaround. It's phenomenal. If you've ever ordered a brewer for a wholesale client from someone else and waited and waited and waited for it to come in, you know how frustrating that is. So being able to get the brewer next day like that is absolutely amazing. Shout out to you, Wilbur Curtis. Their customer service is phenomenal. And they just care. They care about you. They care about me. And I care about them. And that's why Cat Cloud Podcast is brought to you by Wilbur Curtis.